Hello again, it's your friendly neighborhood host, J.T. Wheatley, back for another episode of the History of Comics podcast, this time with the life of Robert Seven Pius. Oftentimes, comic books are a place for artists to add to their income while exploring finer arts, and a prime example is Robert Seven Pius. A fine artist and historian, Pius used his talents to expand the knowledge of black history and culture. As noble as that endeavored was, he still had to pay the bills, which led to him to commercial art and comic books. However, even if it was just to add to his income, Pius's talent still shined through, thus adding him to the list of accomplished black artists of the Golden Age. Robert Seven Pius was born on March 7, 1908 in Meridian, Mississippi to Nathaniel Natty Pius and Lula Lou Pius, who were the children of former slaves. He was one of seven children with their father able to provide a meager existence working on the railroad. Nathaniel Pius would later die at the age of 41 in, a, in 1915 in a railroad accident, forcing his uh, wife to take their family north to St. Louis, where she would remarry in 1917. While Robert's talent at art started to emerge at a young age, it was never encouraged by either his mother or his teachers, forcing him to hide his drawings out of fear of punishment. Eventually, the family moved to Chicago, where after graduating high school, Robert Pius went to work at the Cuneo Press, a giant comp- gigantic company that printed half the newspapers and magazines in the Midwest. He would eventually gravitate to the art department, where he finally found encouragement from the other staff artists there, and they even encouraged the Pius to attend the School of Art Institute. He would attend the school for two years, going to lessons during the day and working at night. Eventually, he was able to get into freelance art, working in commercial and newspapers, something he would continue to do for the rest of his life. In the 1920s, Pius eventually left school to seek out full-time employment, leading him to produce art for The Bronze Man, a local magazine, and Opportunity, Journal of Negro Life for the National Urban League. Pius also did ads for Murray's Superior Hair Care Products Company. Pius would receive a four-year scholarship to the National Academy of Design in New York City, leading him to move to the city in 1931, just in time to join the Harlem Renaissance, a revival of black and African art and culture that centered in Harlem, Man- Manhattan of New York City. He soon became a protege of Gertrude Gert Curtis, the first black den- dentist in New York State, who helped finance his early art career. Once there, Pius was able to have his art shown in the Harlem Exhibition in 1930-31, where he did a portrait of the classical tenor Roland Haynes that would earn Pius the Spring Arm Medal for drawing by the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, of course the NAACP. Pius would later do illustrations for the seminal black historian Charles C. Seifert in 1934, such as renderings for Egypt's uh, Hall of Karnak. It was Seifert who would open Pius' eyes to the black and African history, a passion he would carry on for the rest of his life. This was especially Charles Seifert, who felt it was important that black children should be informed and proud of their heritage, much of which was lacking in the public school system at the time. Next, Pius did The Dopes for Stanton Feature Syndicate in 1933, which ran in black newspapers since the Pittsburgh Courier and the Atlanta Daily World. He would sign these under the friendly byline Bob Pius. The strip was later renamed The Dupes, becoming a black version of Bringing Up Father, the classic and long-running strip from George McManus. This time, well, this one is about a middle-class black family headed by Harvey, a hopeless but college-educated father who was dispensed wisdom by his equally college-educated son, Billy. While it didn't last long, this, was, this would only be the first time Pius made an attempt at comics. It wouldn't be his last. 
Pius's artistic reputation continued to grow as he was regularly featured in art exhibits, such as a showing at the Harlem YWCA in 1935, which was covered by the New York Times and the New York Amsterdam News, singling out his works like Slave Ship at the exhibit. Pius would also teach part-time at the YWCA, which was dubbed the Living Room of the Harlem Renaissance, while also working for the WPA, Works Projects Administration, as a muralist. Often congregated at the uh, converted horse stable at 306 West 101st Street with fellow artists like Ralph Ellison, Duke Ellington, Richard Wright, and Langston Hughes, many of whom he would do portraits of. In 1936, Robert Pius designed a poster for the Texas Centennial Exposition, which was held at Dallas and included the Hall of Negro Life, one of the earliest mainstream examples of celebrating black history. In 1940, Pius won $100 for the program booklet and poster of the American Negro Exhibition in Chicago, which focused on black achievement and culture often overlooked in Western society and designed as an answer to the New York World's Fair. In addition, it was also a celebration of the 75th anniversary of the abolition of slavery in the United States of America. Photos of Robert Pius accepting the award by New York City Mayor Floro LaGuardia would appear nationwide and would represent the high point of his artistic career. Pius's fame continued to grow from his work as a portraitist for such works as pastor Adam Clayton Powell, opera singer Marian Anderson, and sculptor Richmond Barth. Despite this success, Pius still had bills to pay, thus leading him down a path many artists at the time went. Comic books. Pius made his jump into comic books with the story Calfar in Zip Comics No. 2 in March of 1940, which held a cruel irony as it starred a blonde white savior, Calfar, saving dark-skinned African savages. His origin was explained with Kalfdar being raised by savage blacks, the Organas, as thanks for Kalfdar's father freeing them from Arab slavers. After his father's death, Kalfdar is raised by the Yaganas and given magical grains, allowing him to grow to 15 feet tall. The subject matter aside, Pius delivered some fine work with defined musculature and an accurate anatomy, while also making sure it at least depicted the black Africans as, as human-looking. Pius would work at Zip Comics for several more issues. While working in comics, Pius would teach at the Harlem Community Arts Center, which was established in 1937 by sculptor Augusta Savage, meant to provide artistic instruction to the local community for free. Later, Pius volunteered for the Office of War Information, OWI, during World War II, providing one-panel cartoons for black Americans encouraged them to serve, which were widely distributed in black newspapers like New York Age from 1943 to 1945. Pius would later become an editorial cartoonist after the war, working on the Pittsburgh Courier's Double V campaign, which was called V for Victory in War Against the Axis Powers Abroad and Racism at Home. Pius also continued to work in comic books, such as General Tom Fighting Anzac in Street and Smith's Super Magician Comics, Volume 2, Number 7, on November of 1943. He also worked on Blue Bolt, where he did stories like Old Cap Hawkins Tales and Sergeant Spook. In addition, Pius contributed to Catholic comics and Marvels of Science, providing covers for issues number one and two. He later freelanced Hollyoaks Sparkling Stars in the second issue of X Venture in November of 1947, drawing the Tamor cover and interior story, once again about another white jungle hero freeing uh, Nazi slaves. In 1948, he collaborated with John Ann Lee, editorial writer on the California Eagle, in creating the historical panel Facts of Negroes in World War II, which ran until 1949 and appearing in black newspapers through Continental Features Syndicate, owned by L.H. Stanton. 
From 1949 to 1951, Pius did Adventures in the Unknown number 6 to 9 and Spy Hunters for American Comics Group, ACG. Outside of comics, Pius' artistic reputation continued to grow, such as in 1951, when he did a portrait of Harriet Tubman, which Pius originally did for the Harmon Foundation and would later be donated to the National Portrait Gallery, where it still resides. By the late 1950s, Pius provided illustrations for a variety of books, such as Addison B.C. Whipple's Famous Pirates of the New World, the inspirational Paths That Cross, and the juvenile novel Kalina and Santa, about a young girl from the Congo, Esma Rideout Booth. In 1958, he went to work for Banton, Barton, Durston, and Osborne, BBD and O, doing advertisements for Ebony and Baltimore Afro-American, while also appearing as a spokesman for Lucky Strike Cigarettes. From the 1960s to the end of his career in the 1980s, Pius was a frequent contributor on the revival of Stanton's National Scene, a monthly black newspaper supplement, providing cover illustrations and paintings depicting black historical figures and civil rights pioneers. A notable one was for Rosa Parks on October 14, 1965, which included the cover. In addition, he continued as an editorial cartoonist till 1966. Robert Seven Pius died on February 1, 1993, in the Bronx, New York. While mostly known for his fine art historical work, Pius still helped blaze a trail for black comic book artists as well, and even if he was hampered by some of the racist storytelling. Nevertheless, it was the money from that work that helped him remain a powerful voice in black America and bringing about the change that all black artists after him would follow. I would like to thank the chief source for this episode, Invisible Men, the trailblazing black artist of comics by King Quattro, which has continued the great biography of Robert Seven Pius along with numerous other black comic book artists. A must read for any comic book fan. My name is Mark McCray, and I'm the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. I'm Dan Klink, co-host of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives features programming trends from the 1966 television season all the way through the last of the early digital age of the 1990s. On the show, if it's animated, we talk about it. Order your signed copy today at tbsool.com. Listen to the podcast at esonetwork.com and all podcast platforms. And now is April 15th, 2021. Time for favorite comic of the week. Lock and Key slash The Sandman, Hell and Gone by Joe Hill and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, which is a great crossover between the Lock and Key and uh, the Sandman universes that finds uh, Mary Locke of the Locke family in 1927 during the England to meet with a mysterious proprietor who who specifically wants to speak with a mysterious creature he has in his basement. Now, I'm not trying to give away too many surprises, but if you're a fan of both Lock and Key and the Sandman, you know exactly what, what this is and how it fits in together. And it really is great how Joe Hill has managed to merge both universes together. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say a certain helmet gets put to very good use. And yes, you do see a certain character from the Sandman that you're very surprised to see as it takes place in a, a specific time in the Sandman's continuity. The, the way the Lock and Key moves in, it fits perfectly. It's almost like, wait, has this been planned all along? It, it's so good. And you know, Joe Hill, as usual, is Lock and Key is easily his best work. It's matched perfectly like Gabriel Rodriguez's writing, who mixes both universes together perfectly as well, and with great depictions of the dreaming and so forth. So, yeah, 
This is a, this is a, on the surface seems like a surprising crossover, but it fits perfectly. It's literally like peanut butter and chocolate when it comes to comic books. So yes, Lock and Key, uh, Sandman, Hell and Gone number one. Definitely check it out. That's my favorite comic book of the week. And with that, we conclude another uh, biography on the great golden age black artist. You want me again next week? We'll be uh, delivering another one. And until then, go out and enjoy yourself a good comic book. <laughs>